Hi, this is Cal Quantrill, and you're listening to the East Village Times Podcast. The East Village Times Podcast is sponsored by Original Grain Watches, a local company out of San Diego, formed in 2013. Check them out at OriginalGrain.com. NL West, SD across the chest, youth movement, really dope ex-prospects, Big Willie, leader of the young pups, they hating on us, watching you them jump up. We ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody. The outfield, mad skills, lottie dotty. Austin Hedges throwing out everybody. We at the ballpark, every game's a party. Ignorance is bliss, so we never trip. If the pitching's up the pod, and watch out for the kids. EBT is out here broadcasting. EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EVT Podcast. Padres EVT Podcast. Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times Podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me as usual is Patrick Brewer. What's going on, Patrick? How are you doing today, man? Uh, trying to stay cool. It's a, it's a pretty uh, hot night here in uh, sunny San Diego, so try yeah. not to die. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a warm night. Uh, Padres are on the road in Pittsburgh presently. Uh, had an off day today. Um, the team sits uh, presently 11 games under 500. Um, we don't even want to talk about the games back, 27 and a half games back, but that's just because the Dodgers are... Oh, man. Are, yeah. Let's talk about the Dodgers. I mean, how unbelievable... I mean, I don't, I don't want to talk about Dodgers on the Padre podcast, but how unbelievable is that team with the 700 winning percentage this late in the year with the injuries that they've had to deal with and stuff? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I definitely don't like the Dodgers but it's just, it's amazing to see that team continue to to perform well. You want to hear something crazy? What? They've won 47 games at home. The Padres have won 48 games total. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah the Dodgers, that... man, they're my biggest concern here because this rebuild's going well so far and the farm system's stacked, but if you look at the Dodgers farm system, their farm system is almost as good as the Padres and yeah. they have Obviously, a bunch of major league talent. You got Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, Clayton Kershaw, on and on. On top of that, you have a payroll that could probably extend to three hundred million if necessary. So, it's really looking like the Padres, long term, are going to be vying for wild card spots, which isn't really a good place to put yourself in. So, it's going to be rough being a Padre fan, even when they're good, because this team could win ninety, ninety-five games and still end up in a one-game playoff. So, it's going to look yeah. maybe like the Pittsburgh Pirates a few years back, where it seemed like every year. They were behind the Cardinals or Cubs and had to keep playing in those wild card playing games, and they kept having the bad luck. So it's going to yeah. be rough. The Dodgers are just such a juggernaut, and they have so much going for them. I mean, they have like five GMs running the team. They all have they have so many <laughs> smart guys uh, within the organization. Yeah, I, I, I was really hoping that they would go all out and empty their farm system a little bit more than they did at the trade deadline. They got Darvish for a, a pretty decent price. Um, you know, I was hoping they would get rid of some of their Cubans or, or Verdugo, Verdugo, the outfielder. Yeah, you know, at this point, the Padres are going to have to play defense like that and hope that the that the teams above them empty out their farm system. I was hoping the same thing with the Rockies and, and the Diamondbacks, for that matter, um, because of uh, you know the wild card for both of them. I was hoping that they would go out and overpay for some players and and kind of uh, cripple the farm system. And you know, as a Padre fan, that's kind of what we have to root for moving forward for the next couple of years. Yeah, I think the weirdest thing here is that for once in my life. I feel like the San Francisco Giants are probably 
like the least credible threat to the Padres long term. Yeah, yeah. They're currently sitting 35 games back. Uh, they're seven and a half games worse than the Padres. I mean, who would have bet that the Giants would be seven and a half worse than the Padres at this point in the season? It's just mind-boggling at this point. Um, yeah, they're clearly and they, the they worst team in baseball outside of like the Phillies. So it's pretty sad. That yeah, I, I was surprised fallen. that they didn't move move one of their veteran pitchers, a Samarja or a Cueto, you know, try I mean, to re- rebuild the, the farm is, system. I just don't think the value is there. I mean, Samarja's not a big contract in the struggle. No, Cueto yeah. has an opt-out of his deal, so any team yeah, to trade for him, it's kind of like a, a automatic opt-out if he thinks he can do better on the free agent market, which at this point it seems like maybe he could. I mean, he, he had some injury trouble right before the deadline too, which may have put a, a hamper in those plants if they had any, but... Yeah, it seems like they had some pieces to possibly move, but I mean, we, all we, fell apart. we saw the way the market was for the Padres. I mean, it, it was obviously yeah. a buyer's market, so a lot of these teams that had parts to sell didn't really make the moves. I mean, look at the Orioles, who were maybe trying to make some some sort of seller type moves, but while maintaining like guys like Machado, but mm-hmm. that just didn't come together because the price just wasn't there, and they're not going to trade guys just to trade guys. So, I mean, it makes sense, but it's kind of an interesting scenario to see play out. No, definitely. It's it is a def, definite different market than it was last season. It seems like I, I don't know why the teams didn't go out and, and pay the extra price for for players such as a Brad Hand or a, or a Zach Britton from from Baltimore. Um, I was surprised that Pittsburgh wasn't more of a seller. You know, I heard McCutcheon's name out there. I heard Garrett Cole's name out there. I mean, they're five and a half nothing, back, so it's kind of hard for them to really yeah, they, put themselves yeah, I mean, in that mindset. You know, it is, but they're five and a half back. But the Cubs are. You know the Cubs played horribly the whole year, and they still have a five and a half game lead. And you got to think that that team is only going to get better. And you know, although they are five and a half games, they're still four games under five hundred for Pittsburgh. So I mean, they, their their opportunity to win this year is limited. So it, you just don't want to get stuck in the middle. And I, I don't envy the Giants, uh, the Pirates, teams like that that have a veteran type squad that are stuck in the middle with with the farm systems that that are on the lower end of, of the top 30 so you know the Padres there's a lot of things to be positive for uh th- let's talk about a little bit of the farm system um there's a surprise move as uh today Jacob Nix was promoted to double a um give me your thoughts on that I, I know he initially started out like the world on fire in uh, in Lake Elsinore but he cooled off a little bit but the the numbers are still pretty solid from him um Give me your impression on on the promotion of Knicks to uh, San Antonio. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. I didn't, I didn't think they'd move him um, that fast. Uh, he's had a little bit of a late start this year because of the injury. Um, he only threw, I think, 94 innings last year. So he, he's kind of slowly building up um, during his big league career here. I shouldn't say big league career, professional career. Um, he, yeah, he's had ups and downs this year. Uh Last outing was pretty good. He struck out eight guys, only gave up one earned in seven innings. Before that, he gave up 14 hits in four innings, seven earned runs. Before that, two earned runs in seven innings. Before that, five earned runs. Before that, five earned runs. So he's been kind of rocky the last month or so. I mean, it's been up and down, up and down, up and down. But before that, he was on a pretty good, solid string of, of good outings. And Obviously, there was that, that complete game uh, shutout outing where he struck out 11 batters. That was probably his high point of the season. He's kind of taken a step back from there. But I, I think they, they thought they saw enough in him to move him and, and now if you look at that um San Antonio rotation it's just ridiculous. You got Quantrill, Lauer, uh Lucchese, um De Los Santos, now Knicks. Um it's just it, Brett Kennedy's been doing well this year. He's quietly been probably one of the best Padre pitchers in, in, at any level. 
this season. Uh, it, there's so much talent there, and, and Chris Huffman got the call up to uh, AAA. He, he definitely deserved that call up. Um, all, this, all these moves happened because um, Keith Hessler was released from AAA. Uh, but the, the real, I think, point of this conversation now is technically there's a spot open at Lake Elsinore. I know they were kind of rocking a six-man rotation and, and cycling guys in and out. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously the Michelle Bi- Michelle 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 Bias Michelle, talk yeah. is going to talk is going to increase now. Um, he's a guy who could see the call up to Lake Elsinore. He's been tearing apart Fort Wayne. Uh, people have been calling for him him to be called up for the last several weeks here. So we could very well see him get the call up here shortly. I'm not sure if that's in the cards just yet. They might want to see a little more from him. Although at this point, after 14 strikeouts in his last outing, it's unclear how much more he really needs to show. I know. Yeah. At this point, he's he's 21 years old, so he's just he's really just blown fastball by guys much younger than him. So, I mean, you got to take his success with at least some grain of salt. But a 44% strikeout rate and a 3% walk rate is definitely going to play, and his ERA is below one. So, I think it's time for the for the 21 year old to be tested at a higher level, and I think Lake Elsinore could be a good spot for him to have a little test and and see what he's really made of at this point. Because right now, it's unclear if he can maintain this against better competition. I know he's six eight, so. Big pitchers don't always have success. Uh, a lot of times you see those guys move to the bullpen. Andrew Miller is probably the prime example of that and being successful. Um, if Bias does not work out as a starter, that's really a good spot for him, obviously. It's good to have that as a fallback plan, but I know most Padre fans sit here they want him to be a starter. So we're going to have to see how he faces uh, real competition because at this point it's pretty clear that these guys are no match for him. Yeah, no, I mean the California League is definitely going to be a, a tougher challenge for him, but with the peripherals that he's putting up, you, you have to expect that he's going to have success in the in the league. And um, I, for one, am pretty excited to, to get on up to Lake Elsinore. I'm sure that uh, he will have a pretty good crowd uh, following him. And I, I would imagine there'll be a lot of uh, scouts and other type of uh, personnel there to, to witness him firsthand. Because, you know, he's just really, uh, I don't want to say necessarily came out of nowhere, but, I mean, the man's just, uh, his numbers are are getting everyone's taking notice of his numbers for sure i mean uh you know when you talk to someone like jonathan mayo who's not even familiar with the the padres uh farm system all that well and, and he's already kind of asking about him and wondering about this guy you know the the numbers are there and, and uh he's 21 he's uh, he's obviously older than the, the pitchers that they have in fort wayne so i think the time for for lake elsinore is at hand uh i would expect an announcement um this weekend if not sooner I think that the time for, for Michelle Baez in, uh, in the California League has come, and, and we'll see truly see what uh, what he has. Yeah, I think there's really nothing else for him to prove at this point, and I think, yeah, they got to make the move, and they got to see what he's really made of. Um, I want to talk about another pitcher who actually pitched tonight, had some success, Cal Quantrill, threw six innings, gave up three earned runs, uh, struck only struck out three batters, walked two. He's kind of been up and down lately. Um, I'm willing to take him kind of at face value right now, kind of go a little easy on him because he is coming back from a major surgery. Um, he hasn't really pitched much over really the last, like, three or four years. I mean, he's he's been kind of limited. Last year he only threw, I think, 30, 40 innings for the for the team. Uh, he's thrown about 90 so far this year. So, yeah, I, I'm willing to kind of take it easy with him in terms of being a little more lenient with him. Uh, his last outing, he gave up one earned in six and two-thirds. The, the outing before that, he gave up ten hits in five and a third. So he's kind of been like Nick's, a little up and down. He's given up a lot of hits. Um, the home run ball has been a problem for him this year. That's definitely something that's been noted. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I think he's improving steadily, and I think he's doing what he needs to do to 
really get himself back to where he was when he was back at Stanford before the injury. I think he's still kind of figuring out mechanics and working on his stuff, and I think it's going to take some time for that to all really come together for him as it was when he was at Stanford. Yeah, I mean, it can't be said enough that the Tommy John surgery and the mention of that. I mean, obviously, he's still working his way through that, and the Padres are going to keep an eye on it. And, and, you know, that might be another reason why Nix was called up, just to kind of limit, you know, Quantrill's innings, if you will, a little bit. Um, uh, I see he threw 95 pitches today, six innings. So it's tough. uh, Talking to him and and seeing him, looking in his eyes, he wants to he wants to pitch every day. He wants to pitch in September at Peco Park. I mean, he he's told me that himself. He's serious about it. That's just the type of mentality and mindset he has. Obviously, the Padres are going to pull back on the reins a little bit and, and monitor his innings and, and not overwork him because he is the future of the team in, in many respects. So uh, it's good to see him progress. At this point, if, if in April you said uh, Lauer, Lucchese, and Quantra would all be and Knicks now would all be in double A and performing relatively well. I think you'd be more than happy with that, wouldn't you, Patrick? Yeah, I mean it's good to see all guys all three guys progressing. Um they're all at a higher level than they started at. They've all made the move. Um I think it's really realistic to see at least two of those three in a Padre uniform next year, even if it's just a September call up, I think that's totally possible. Maybe even mm-hmm. all three guys. So at this point it's good to see that positive development and it, it bodes well for the future going forward. Definitely, definitely does. Uh, let's talk about another uh, a former Storm uh, player who's really kind of turned it on uh, of recent uh, days, Javier Guerra, who's kind of uh, found himself in uh, in San Antonio a little bit. His numbers have kind of increased a little bit. Um, they had him batting in the two spot today. He, you know, let's talk about the enigma that is Javier Guerra and um, whether or not he is still in the plans for this team as far as shortstop of the future? I mean, I don't want to speak for the team, but I think at this point he's kind of on the outside looking in, and mm-hmm. I don't think they were necessarily expecting much from him, but if they can see improvement from him, I think he could still be a part of this team's future, but I don't think they're really betting on it. Um, he has improved, as you said, in San Antonio. He's hitting three twenty one over the last 10 days, uh, home run, five RBIs, nine hits. He's cutting down the case. He's only struck out 22% of the time uh, with, in AA so far. He was striking out just over 30% of the time with the Storm. Um, his walk rate has slightly increased from his time in Lake Elsinore. Um, he's still he's still playing great defense. That's the one thing he really has going for him. Yes, he's got, yes, got that, yes. that really sure glove. Um, he lo- he's looked a lot better so far this year in the field, even from last year. Last year he kind of just looked – honestly, he looked a little off. He looked like the focus wasn't there. Uh, I don't know if it was like mm-hmm. a mental thing, but he, he just seemed like – off from where he was when he was with uh, the Red Sox organization uh, prior to that trade. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it looks like he's finally um, I don't know, I don't want to say locked in, but he's kind of seems like he's figured it out lately. It seems like he's got a better approach yeah. in all facets of the game. I mean, we got to realize this guy's only 21 years old, so it's not like we can really write him off. Um, he still has so much time. Really, you can't write off a prospect until he's like 24, 25. I mean, you, you can let these guys struggle for a few years and really see what you have in them. There's really no need to rush him to the big leagues. Like They don't need a shortstop tomorrow. I mean, yeah, they don't have a real shortstop playing in the big leagues, but it's not like they're a competitive team. And Kind of the same story goes with Michael Geddes. Michael Geddes is probably going to be a guy that he's so toolsy that they're going to give him every chance to succeed, and even if that takes three or four years, I think he's a guy that could still figure it out uh, late in his career. He's only 21 years old. So between those two guys, both guys who I think might take a little bit to actually like put it together, figure it out, 
Um, I'm a little more bullish on Gettys than I am on Guerra, simply because I think Gettys. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about Guerra's attitude because I don't know the guy, but it just seems from from the times I've seen him play, it just seems sometimes he gets lost in his own head and just the motivation doesn't seem like it's there. And I don't want to really speculate too much on what's going on with him, but it just it just seems like he's not always altogether there, and he doesn't really always show the drive that some other guys show. And I don't know what, how to explain that or, or what's the cause of that, but I think it's just something no, I, I've noticed. Yeah, I, no, I, I've seen that. He has kind of an effortless kind of way about him, kind of maybe uh, maybe like a Melvin Upton kind of kind of nonchalantly kind of goes about playing the game and people kind of maybe take it the wrong way that he's not hustling or that he's not trying. But, you know, he's still very young, like you alluded to. The, the strikeouts and limiting them is is something that's definitely worth noting. I mean, that's something that's that's always been an issue with, with this man. So, the fact that he's he's limiting those is is definitely something that's that's a positive. Um, I mean, you look at uh, today's game. Uh, the mission struck out sixteen times today, and uh, Guerra was not one of them. So, w- when you see something like that, it's 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 signs in the in the positive direction for him because we know that he can play defense or he has the the ability to be a, a above average defender but the bat's always going to be a question mark or it has been recently uh you know I, I don't know sometimes hitters as they progress and and face stiffer competition they they get better uh you know it's not out of the realm of possibility that that you know maybe he was just getting complacent in, in, in Lake Elsinore and, and wasn't being challenged and, and didn't feel, uh, you know, the best of his abilities or wasn't putting forth like you kind of mentioned too. So uh, we'll have to see what, what the future is for this young man, but it's exciting to see him, uh, you know, out, out of, he's out of the top 30 prospect list now. So, you know, all eyes aren't necessarily on him right now. So, you know, maybe he can still develop. Yeah. I mean, now's, now's the time for him to really figure it out. Um, he's got less pressure on him, I think, than ever before. I know, when he first was traded, he was kind of like the top prospect coming back in that deal. Um, a lot of people ranked him over Margot, and now obviously he's looked and seen Margot um, get to the big leagues. He's seen Logan Allen kind of progress. He's seen Carlos Oswahe get to the big leagues. And at this point, he's looking like the fourth the fourth player in that deal, which I don't think we really could bet on that happening when that trade first went down. But now here we see that happening. So. It's kind of interesting to see how that plays out, and I think they're going to give him every opportunity to figure it out. He's he's still 21 years old, and there's still plenty of time. Um, I want to talk about another guy who is young but having a little more success than Javier Guerra. Uh, that's Austin Allen. He's just been absolutely tearing the ball apart. He's hit 10 home runs in July. Um, the 23-year-old is just tearing apart the Cal League at this point. I, I don't really see what else he has to prove in the Cal League. Um, I wrote about him for our... Friar piece for our uh, Friar piece for our down on the farm uh, piece last last night and mm-hmm. he's just he's been crazy man uh, I think he I think I looked it up he was like the f- fifth or sixth best hitter in the Cal League so far this season he's got a 136 wow. WRC plus uh, over the last uh, month he's I think his WRC plus is at like 190 uh, he's just been insane um, and I, I should always note for those who don't know 100 is considered average so anything above that is one percent above average so every one is one percent so at 190 that's about 90 percent better than what's considered average so that's pretty insane for a player like that to be that good um obviously the question mark is still whether he can be a catcher every day whether he can kind of 
uh, do enough with the glove in terms of framing, throwing out base runners, all that stuff. That's going to be the big area concern he still needs to work on. But, I mean, he's 6'4", he can hit, he's got power, he showed that power. He's got 18 homers this year and 361 at-bats. Um, if we could just make him and Austin Hedges into one player, I would totally be cool <laughs> with that. Uh, I'm looking forward to one day when we have that technology. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you know, Austin Allen is a, is a, is an interesting prospect because you know the bat is going to play. I mean, he he's going to hit, and, and being a left-handed catcher is also something that's very valuable. But the the defense is is a work in progress, and and that's always going to be a work in progress with him. So, you know, I I don't know. It's it's interesting. I I, I kind of want to see him up in in San Antonio. Uh, and kind of experiencing what that team is possibly going to experience with with a potential championship that they they they're well on their way to winning. Um, I, I'd love to see these young guys kind of experience that and and kind of uh, get that winning culture kind of uh, flowing throughout them. And um, I'm sure once it's all said and done, Gettys is another one who I would probably look at as possible promotion um, in the next couple of weeks. So, it, you know, you never know what's going to happen with the Padres and, and, and this farm system, but it's nice to see the progression and, and the fact that most the majority of them are going forward instead of backwards. Yeah, I think I'd bet on Allen being promoted in the next couple of weeks. I just can't see him staying down with what he's done. I don't know what else he really has to prove in, in the Cal League. He's just tearing the ball apart. And I, I think that's what you said was really good. That I think he needs that taste of uh, maybe some playoff baseball. Yeah, you know, exactly. I think that'd be good for him. Yeah, no, I think that that's, that's going to be the game plan for, for the core group of these prospects to kind of get them into that uh, – that into into San Antonio kind of experience that that mindset and you know that San Antonio roster is just loaded. I mean, let's talk about the bullpen in San Antonio, which is just amazing. I mean, uh, last time I heard, they were a full run lower than anyone in all of the, in the whole Texas League as far as bullpen ERA. Uh, the combination of Wengenter, uh, Wick, uh, Weir, Yardley. I mean, it, it's they are pretty dominant right now. And and once these young pitchers get the lead they they they're getting the wins and and uh that's another thing that's kind of good uh in developing their their uh i don't I, kind of developing their mindset of, of uh having the pitchers having their back and, and kind of uh family type atmosphere I, it's kind of hard for me to kind of <laughs> explain exactly what i'm trying to say but it's nice to see that this bullpen is picking up these young kids and, and getting the wins for them and, and saving the games for them yeah it's definitely it's definitely nice i think for the starting pitchers to have the confidence that if I have a game, if I'm through six innings and I have a lead, I, I can count on them to, to back me up and to, to hold that lead. Uh, there's just so much talent in that bullpen. We didn't even mention Yumi Brasaban. Um, yeah. We mentioned Eric Yardley, uh, Wingenter, uh, Kyle McGrath, who's now with the Padres. He was uh, in double-A. There's just so much talent there. And I really think the Padres could have one of the best bullpens in baseball in the next few years with all the talent they have coming through. I mean, we already see – what Phil Maton's doing in the big leagues. Uh, Kirby Yates has kind of revitalized his career. Uh, Jose Torres has looked good. Uh, there's just so much talent there, and I think there's going to be a new wave of guys. These double-A guys I think will probably be up next year, and not all these guys are going to work out the next level, but I think there's enough talent there that they really could have a, a heck of a bullpen over the next few years for sure. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely exciting times uh, for sure. Um, all right, let's uh, enough with the minor league talking. I know you know I, you and I could sit here and talk all day about the minor leagues because it's just it's been exciting. I mean, the the DSL team put up eighteen runs yesterday. Didn't uh, um, 
who was his name that went six for seven? Um, uh, Danny Tovar. Danny Tovar went six for seven yesterday, which is yeah. They put up. I think, I think it was actually twenty-one runs. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. No, twenty-five runs. Twenty-five yeah. runs. Twenty-five wow, yeah. runs on twenty-one hits. It was. Wow. I wish I could have watched that game on TV. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> unfortunately, lost, they lost eight-two tonight. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking through the the box score. It's 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 exciting to see. You know, a, a lot of that DSL team is. You know, I, they're prospect upon prospect. They're subpar prospects. I I don't. I, I want to call them riffraff, but I don't want to disrespect them. But a lot of those kids aren't necessarily going to make it even out of the DSL. Um, but there's a few in there that are definitely worth noting and worth keeping an eye on. And it's exciting to see the progression in, in that team as well as the AZL team. I mean, the, the draft picks from this uh, this season are already performing pretty well for, for the team. I mean, it's it's – it's exciting. Uh, AJ Preller definitely has an idea what he's doing with his scouting. I mean, uh, Leash, Arian Leisher tonight uh, threw four shutdown innings, uh, five Ks for the AZL Padres two team. So there's things are happening, and uh, it's exciting uh, to be a Padre fan, uh, yeah, to say the least. One guy I want to mention who started the year with uh, in the DSL, Luis Patino, who's now mm-hmm. with AZL Padres. He's struck out 24 yes. batters in 21 innings. He's looked really solid. Uh, yes, so far but, in his time in the in the ACL, he's only 17 years old. So um, he, he's yeah. a guy who could be a a, a, a a kind of diamond in the rough sort of find. For sure, for sure. There's there's just so many of those names like that, and it, it's fun to see uh, see them progress. And you know, when you're talking about a 17 year old kid. Obviously, there's a, a long road ahead of him, but the 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 fact that we're already discussing him at, at 17 is, is exciting because obviously the ability's there. Yeah, definitely. It's just amazing how many seventeen-year-olds that are in this system. I mean, I'm 24 years old and I feel young, and there's these seventeen-year-olds that are pitching in professional baseball. It's just crazy. <laughs> I hear you. Um, okay, so let's let's move on to our final topic. Um, let's talk a little bit about Brad Hand. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Padre fans are kind of wondering, you know, what went wrong um, necessarily. You know, I, I think a lot of people expected him to be dealt uh you and i both expected him to be dealt but um we didn't necessarily know what was being offered and, and neither did anyone except for those in the project front office so um let's talk about his value and whether or not you think that he can increase it in the next two months if possible yeah so i think it was was it john Heyman? i think reported today that the potters had actually decreased their asking price and they were actually asking, I think it was the Astros for two non-top 100 prospects. So guys outside of the top 100. So for the Astros, that's guys that's other, that's like other than Kyle Tucker. Um, I think Forrest Whitley might be Yeah, Whitley probably. At least near the top 100. I don't know if he's in the top 100. So yeah, that that's outside of those guys. So they, they apparently, according to that report, I don't know if that's to be believed, they lowered the price there at the end and the Astros just weren't ready to, to pull the trigger. Um, so I don't know if that's to be believed. I don't know if we can really believe that they actually lowered the price or not, but I think that represents a good thing. I, I think that, it, to me, I think AJ Pro is getting a little bit of bad rap for not kind of wielding and not um, giving up and taking a lower price than he wanted, which I don't think that's really key. I, th- I think he was willing to take a, a bit of a lower price. I think, I think he started out with a high price, which... I think whenever you're negotiating something, you should always start with a high price and work your way down. I mean, you shouldn't say, I'll take this, and the other team's like, okay, we'll take that. Done deal. I think you should always start high and then lower from there. So I think it makes sense what he was doing. A lot of people a lot of people were 
suggesting he overplayed his hand. I don't think that's really the case, and no pun intended. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't think he really overplayed his hand. I think that he had a valuable asset, and he wanted to get the best possible value from it. And I think they were they were legitimately serious about being okay with keeping him, and I think that's how it played out. That the price wasn't there, and they're just fine with keeping him. I, I don't think it's like I don't think it's the same situation as Justin Upton where. There was a nice firm offer on the table, and they made a mistake. And I will say they made a mistake because Michael Fulmer is a guy that they should have traded Justin Upton for, straight up. And that's nothing against Hudson Potts, who they received with that comp pick. But I think you'd rather have Michael Fulmer at this point. And I don't think that was a similar scenario. I don't think there was a, a good top 100 prospect that was being offered for Hand. And like you said, at this point, I think if, if Hand can have a strong second half and he can continue to lower his ERA and continue to throw out shut out, shut out innings, I think... His value is going to be, if not the same point, maybe even higher this offseason. I think I think the, the offseason is a good place to deal because you have not only more teams to deal with because during the deadline there's only so many teams that really think that they have a World Series chance, maybe like six or seven. Um, during the offseason, really every team thinks they're a contender outside of the surefire like tankers, so the Phillies, um, the White Sox, those kind of teams. But even teams like the Braves are now more realistic with thinking that they can compete. So... I think if you can get 20, 25 teams interested in Brad Hand, I think you definitely can get a good value for him. I don't know if you're going to get two top 100 prospects or even one top 100 prospect, but I definitely think the value is still going to be there. And barring anything catastrophic in terms of injury or performance, um, I, I think that they will get the value here. And I don't I don't think they're going to keep him past this offseason. I think that would be a mistake. Um, if you get any sort of good value here this offseason, I think you got to make the move. Yeah, it's it's tough to say what what the value is on him because obviously none of us are in that war room and, and none of us are, you know, shooting offers back and forth between each other. But it it'll be interesting to see if his value does increase. I, I would have to think that it would if he's able to rack up some saves and you know health is going to be a big factor. Of course, I think the Padres are probably going to want to limit his innings from here on out because he's thrown so many innings. They want to they want to. Pers, 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 uh, preserve him and, and preserve that left-handed arm. That left-handed arm, you know. Yeah, I think he's thrown the seventh most innings of any reliever behind Dustin McGowan, Michael Lorenzen, Wade LeBlanc, Craig Stammen. Wow! Um, and, and last Mara year he, he racked and, up in. Yeah. Last year he racked up the innings as well, didn't he? Uh, I think he was. Yeah. He, he was think, 80, 82 appearances last year. Eighty. Yeah, I think he was. Appearances. I think he was at like seventy plus innings last year too, if I'm not mistaken. Let me yeah, double check real so. quick. You know, it, it'll be. It'll yeah, he was be at 89 innings last year, so. Yeah, so. so they're definitely you know, using him a lot, and uh, they're relying on him pretty heavily here at the end, so. Yeah. And they might need yeah. to be a little more cautious there to prevent any overworking. And you don't want to see him. You don't want to see him overworked and start giving up leads in September and kind of blow that value. So I think exactly. they're going to be a little more cautious with him. And I think it really helps that they can really trust Kirby Yates now, I think, in that role, and they can really trust Phil Maton in that back end role. So there's other mm-hmm. options there. They don't really have to throw all their eggs in the Brad hand basket. So that's definitely yeah, beneficial yeah. for them. For sure. You know, I got to wonder uh, how much playoff baseball AJ is going to be watching and, and texting GMs. If once their bullpen fails and just be like, Hey, what, what, what's he could, I could have helped you out there. Yeah, could have we'll helped talk you out. Could have <laughs> give you a hand. We could have give you a hand. <laughs> <laughs> the cliche. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There we go. We got two more months of hand, hand, uh, Hand puns for to look oh, forward to. Oh, I love to. hand puns. I'm, I'm jumping on the bandwagon. I know uh, Pablo Jagoff yeah, definitely appreciates me joining joining on the yeah. fun. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, folks. Well, you know, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, little brief episode. Uh, episode 53 is uh, in the books. We just wanted to come on and, and uh, 
talk a little Padre baseball is an off day for us. So uh, both uh, Patrick and I were uh, having a little bit of withdrawals about the, the Padres, weren't we? Yeah, I was uh, a little bored. Not a lot to tweet about. Um, so why not talk? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, we got some exciting guests uh, lined up in the next couple shows. Uh, look forward to uh, bringing some quality content. Uh, look for, uh, you know, I don't necessarily want to, we have AJ Casavell on the back burner. Uh, he's been busy. Uh, we missed him, uh, one opportunity that we have, but he's, uh, he's on the, uh, on the lineup. Uh, we have a couple other, uh, MLB type, uh, personalities that we're going to bring in and, and, uh, bring you some, uh, exclusive type stuff. So definitely look for that. Uh, Patrick, you want to just head us out? Yeah, definitely some good stuff coming. Uh, we're hosting on Podbean. You can find us on Apple podcasts, uh, Give us a review. Let let your friends know about the show. We really appreciate all the support. We re- appreciate all the kind words that we hear. Um, I'm on Twitter, PatrickBrew93. James is EBT underscore news, EBT underscore J Clark. Uh, our podcast is the EBT podcast on Twitter. Give us a follow on all of our various social media. Um, we're at eastvillagetimes.com. Always pumping out the content. We have minor league pieces coming every day. Always trying to cover the minor league system and, and see which guys are, are coming through the cracks and which guys are kind of coming in hot when you, you don't see them coming. Uh, so stay tuned for more. All right. Thank you so much, folks. Uh, East Village Times Podcast, signing out. EBT is out here broadcasting. EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EBT Podcast. Padres EBT Podcast.